Good morning, everybody. So good to see you. Who's enjoying the long weekend? We'll enjoy it tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's going to the Royal Show? Anybody going to the Royal Show? Who think, thinks it's an absolute rip-off? Just, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> I used to go to the Royal Show when I was a kid and uh, used to have a good time. It's also the start of the school holidays too, isn't it? So it's all happening and uh, God bless you as you enjoy your holidays. Um, do, I do have an announcement and I do apologise for this mint. I just put it in my mouth as Raju was talking and it's still there. I do apologise for it. Actually, I'll bite it, I'll bite it. Um, I do have an extra announcement. Our community services is going extremely well. And um, we're seeing our Wednesday congregation really growing. And um, we're blessing a lot of people. And so I'm telling you this because on November the 4th, we're going to be having a real-life community services fate on that block of land, you know the lawn just here that the council's just developed, corner of, you know, between Lismore Street and Albany Highway. Actually, they're calling it, they, they didn't have a name for it, and we tried to book it. And, you know, you're trying to describe a block of land that has no name. But they've called it something really deep and special, they're calling it the Lismore Street block of land or something like that. <laughs> So we're going to be having the fade on there. And the reason why I'm telling you is just so you can plan ahead and come along. But also, um, we've got a team that are putting the fate together. And actually, it's been led by Carrie Fisher. She's actually in church today. Mm, mm. Sorry, I nearly lost the lolly then. So Carrie, could you stand to your feet? That's Carrie. And she's part of our Wednesday congregation. So we're glad that she's here on Sunday. And so she's headed. Yeah, put your hands together for her. But what I want to say to you is that, is that we're going to have a raffle on the, at the fate. And now, over the years, I've never been one for raffles, but I'm actually the permit holder of this particular raffle. How about that? <laughs> so my name's on the raffle tickets. So we want you to be aware of it because you might want to buy a raffle ticket. They're $2 each, or you might want to buy you know, 200 of them. That's fine. Or what we are actually looking for is people who actually can go and sell them to their friends and whatever. And then on the day, I'm the announcer on the day, I'll be announcing the prizes and there's some lovely prizes. So I want everybody to be aware of that. So Carrie's just going to be sitting in the arcade and if you are able to get a raffle ticket from her, that would be absolutely fantastic. What do you think, everybody? Yeah. So it's going to be Make sure you say hello to her. And so, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you're our Savior, that you're our God, and we, we, we just want, want to lift up your name. We thank you, Lord, that you come as we worship you. You said that you would be with us, Lord, as we worship you, and you are here. You said you're with us to the end of the ages. You are here. And Lord, as we open our hearts to you, we thank you that you're pouring healing, you're pouring peace, you're pouring reassurance, you're pouring to our lives joy. And we're just so glad to be here to worship you today. We thank you for one another, Lord. We thank you that we can enjoy each other's company. We thank you for each other's friendship. But Lord, we also thank you for your word. And so, Father, we just pray today that you'll give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. So we're going to have the reading of the Scripture today. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 24. And of course, we'll have it on the screens. Um, I'm going to ask Rochelle, my wife, to come and read the Scriptures for us. So thank you. 
Hi, everyone. Luke 15, 11 to 14. Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. He was filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. That was good reading. Three and a half thousand years ago, God gave the Ten Commandments. Who's heard of the Ten Commandments, huh? I think most of us have heard of the Ten Commandments. And he gave them to Israel just after they had escaped from Egypt. The Ten Commandments are listed in two places in the Bible. They're listed in Exodus chapter 20 and also in Deuteronomy chapter 5 in the Bible. But I was wondering, so you got the Ten Commandments. I was wondering if anybody knows what the fifth commandment is. Yes, well done. Well done. And a lot of you have got it because it's actually in the newsletter on the front page. <laughs> The fifth commandment from God, we've got it on the screens, says this. Honour honor your father and mother, then you will live a long life, a long full life, in the land the Lord your God is given you. Honour your father and your mother, then you will live a long full life in the land the Lord your God is given you. Has anybody ever heard a sermon on the fifth commandment before? Anybody? Only a couple. Well, if you haven't, you're about to hear one. Amen, amen. Honour your father and mother. You know, and you've got to remember, this is a commandment from God. It's not a suggestion from God. It's not the ten suggestions. It's the ten commandments from God. Amen. 
Parents, Christian parents, hope that their kids, anybody here a kid under 16, 16, actually under 18, put your hand up, okay? Listen carefully, yeah. Some of them aren't even sure what their age is, but that's okay. (laughs) But Christian parents hope that their kids will take notice of this commandment and, and show some respect around the house by keeping their rooms tidy and by watching what they say, the mouths. Who hates it when the kids are real smart aleck at home? Yeah. However, this fifth commandment is not just for the children. It's actually applicable to everybody in this room. It's applicable to everybody. You know, when you turn 18 and finally become an adult according to Australian law, it doesn't mean that the fifth commandment no longer applies to you. As an adult, you are in a position of control and responsibility for your own life. That's the natural way. And you no longer obey your parents like you did when you were 12 years of age. Nonetheless, honouring your father and honouring your mother is a lifetime requirement from God. I'm 62 years of age. Rochelle's 21. (laughs) That's not true, is it? I'm 62 years of age and and, and both my parents are alive. You know that. You know my dad well. Uh, Both parents are alive, although my mother has severe dementia and lives in a care facility nearby. Yet this verse is still applicable to me as a 62-year-old man. And even though I have my own children, and even though I have my own grandchildren, this verse still applies to me. And while my parents are alive, I I must obey God's commandment and give my elderly parents the honor and the respect that God expects from me And that is appropriate to the season of life that my family is in. However, just looking at the verse, please note that this fifth commandment commands you to honour your parents. It does not say they have to agree with all your parents' opinions. And neither does it say you have to approve of the choices that your parents make. I love my dad deeply. I've always admired him and he's a good friend. The older I get... We become more like friends. Yet over the years, I've not agreed with all of my dad's opinions or choices. But at the same time, my own sons have not agreed with all of my opinions either. And my choices either. And they're not slow slow in telling me that. Even Rochelle doesn't agree with all of my opinions either. (laughs) That cuts me deep. But... But respect and honour must be shown to our parents, irrespective of our age, even when we're navigating family issues, and every family has issues, you're not the only one, okay? And when we're navigating family issues, and of course the inevitable differences of opinion, we still must show respect and honour to our our parents. Some of you, probably the younger ones, would consider me to be old-fashioned, But I'm telling you the truth. I would never, ever speak to my father with contempt or nastiness or bitterness, even if he is in the wrong, because being right or wrong is irrelevant to the fact that we must honour our father and mother. I would never humiliate my father. I would never humiliate him. I would never cruelly mock him over a slip-up or a mistake he may be making in his old age. Rather, I would help him 
and my brother and sister agree with this, I would rather help him and make sure he retains his dignity and his safety because I'm his son. And that's because the fifth commandment from God says to honour your father and your mother. Of course, this becomes difficult if you have parents that behave badly and perhaps have caused you hurt and pain. And today I'm not suggesting, and you would understand this, but I'm saying it anyway to go on the record. I'm not suggesting that anyone should allow themselves to be abused. And I'm not suggesting that we should cover up any wicked behaviour by our, our parents. And God does not expect us to do such a thing. It also becomes difficult to show honour to your parents if your parents don't show respect to each other and maybe they're divorced or separated and there's a lot of animosity and people and the family takes sides, all that sort of rubbish. And it's difficult to navigate that. I get that. It's also especially difficult if your parents oppose your faith that you have in Jesus. However, even all of these circumstances and such circumstances as those, if it is possible and with God's help, it's still good to show appropriate respect and to honour your father and mother anyway. And you show that respect by responding to them with kindness and with gentleness and with peace where you are able. Now God considers the fifth commandment to be so important, vitally important, that he's actually attached a promise to it. It says, if you honour your father and mother, if you honour your father and mother, mother, God says, then you will live a long, full Life, that means that things will go well for you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The fifth commandment is saying that when you make the effort to honour your parents, you will inherit God's favour upon your own life. And having God's favour is better than winning lotto. It's better than winning a raffle ticket. God's favour is Great treasure. However, if you've shown dishonour to your parents, then it's appropriate for you to repent of that. And you must ask Jesus to wash your sin away and he will forgive you for that. And then, starting again, then if your parents are still alive, then begin to nurture respect for them by showing them kindness and by watching your mouth. Just saying. Just saying. Some of you get yourselves into trouble by what you say. Sometimes you've got to go, eep. That was such good advice I just gave you then. I'll give you, I'll give you a tip that I've learned in life. You don't need to win all your battles in life. Just win the people. Win your parents. Now, I'm speaking about this subject today. Why am I speaking about it? Because it's been burning in my heart, and those close to me know this. And the reason for that is because I keep bumping into people. I keep meeting people. Even when recently I was in, doing the conference over in uh, Brisbane the other week, bumped into people there the same who are severely heartbroken by the treatment that, that they're receiving from their adult children. That's why I'm talking about this. I keep over and over. I had another person in my office on Friday coming to talk about another matter and bang, it all came out. Um, the treatment that they're receiving from their adult children. It seems to be especially, I'm just speaking anecdotally, but it seems to be especially from adult children who are in their late 20s and in their 30s. 
Nonetheless, that doesn't mean every adult child is like that. Thank God that there are many adult children who are honouring their parents. And if that's you, then may God's favour be upon you as he has promised. Amen? Amen. But at the same time, it seems to me that there is this disturbing trend, and that's why I want to address it here today at Real Life Church. There is a disturbing trend of selfish and mean behaviour being directed at parents by their adult children. And some of the behaviour that I'm hearing about that's being directed at parents these days is disgraceful. Many parents are often, and this is unsafe parents too, many parents are often decent and caring people. Many of them have worked hard to provide for their children only to have their ungrateful children treat them with disrespect and cruelty. Now here at Real Life Church, we don't want to ever be mean people. If you want to be mean, this is not the place for you. You need to repent, get saved, washed in the blood of the Lamb and stop being mean. And we especially don't want to be mean to our families. And that includes our non-Christian families. We're Christians. We're meant to be kind to all people and that includes showing respect and kindness to mum and dad. You know, we can come to church and we can sing our worship songs here in church and we can sway with our hands in the air. You can read your Bible every day and you can speak in tongues before you go to bed at night. But if you are a mean person, then you're a fake Christian. You're not the real deal. I mean, that's what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 13. A mean Christian is a noisy gong. There's no fruit of the Spirit going on there. And if that's you, then you've got to get right with God and stop being a mean person. What is the matter with you? Now, there are many experiences that are painful in life. And many of you have gone through terrible experiences. But a mean and disrespectful adult child can cause terrible hurt to their parents. And God does not like to see anyone dishonouring or disrespecting their mother or father. It's just not right. And God is watching how we treat our families. Amen? Amen? Jesus told the story of the man who had two sons. One of the sons took his inheritance early and wasted it on wild living. The oldest son stayed at home. And we know this story as the prodigal son of Rochelle just read it out just a few moments ago. Jesus originally told this story as an illustration to show how merciful God the Father is to sinners like us. That is the primary message behind this famous parable. That's what the parable is all about. However, this parable also has something to say about Families. The story begins with this, opening couple of verses. A man had two sons. The youngest son told his father, I want my share of your estate before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. This introduction, you've got it there on the screen, tells us several things about the man, the father, the dad. Firstly, it tells us that the dad, the father, the man had two sons. It does not say a man and his wife had two sons. In fact, throughout the entire story, there is absolutely no mention of a wife at all. It's just the dad. 
However, there must have been a wife at some stage in order for him to have two sons. But where is she? Why is she not mentioned in the story? It's very possible that she may have died. Hey, it's even possible that they've gone through a painful divorce. We actually don't know. But either way, the father in this story is probably a single dad. It certainly seems that way throughout the story. We also know that this man had an estate. What that, that actually means is that he owned property and possessions. He was a businessman. So he must have worked hard to gather his possessions together. He was a hardworking man. So from these first two verses, we can conclude that this story is about a single, hardworking dad doing his best to be a parent to his two sons. What does this introduction tell us about the younger son? We read that the younger son approached his dad demanding his share of his future inheritance. The King James Version puts the younger son's words to his, to his dad this way. The King James says that he actually said, Give me, give me, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Give me, give me, give me my share of your estate. However, the inheritance wasn't meant to be shared until after the father's death. So this younger son was effectively saying to his dad, I wish, dad, I wish you were dead so I could have my share of your estate now. That's really what he was saying. That's really what his dad would have heard. The younger son was self-entitled. He had a self-absorbed view of the world with little regard or empathy for his impact upon his father or brother. The youngest son was a leech. He humiliated his father before the local community. They all would have known what his son had said to him and done. And this son, he did not care that his father's business probably took a huge financial hit by the request for all of that money when it was not ready. He did not care that his father was deeply wounded. He did not care that his father loved him. This young son in this famous story did not honour his father. And so today, I'm doing some real talk here at Real Life Church. Is that okay, everybody? What I'm about to say, I'm not being negative. I'm being real. Folks, you can provide for your children. You can give them the best. You can be caring and loving. You can even be a good example to them. And we should endeavour to do our best for our kids. And of course, we should do that. And and we want to do that. But through no fault of your own, you could still end up with a son or a daughter who has a bad attitude about you and about life. You can end up with a son or a daughter who breaks your heart. Therefore, if you have a son or a daughter or sons and daughters who has a bad attitude towards you, listen, Don't start beating yourself up about it. It doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. Don't waste your emotional energy beating yourself up and wondering, what did I do wrong? That's not a good path to be on. It will mess with your head and it will steal the joy of the Lord from you. That's why our identity and self-worth comes from the Lord and not from our kids. Did somebody hear what I was saying? 
Could you have been a better parent? Of course you could. Would you have done things differently if you would live again? Absolutely. We all would. Of course we would. With the benefit of hindsight. Everyone could do better as a parent. And if we have a character issue, if we've got an anger issue or something like that, we do need to address it. Of course we do. We want to be more and more like Jesus Christ. But everyone also has to own their own attitudes, and that includes our adult children. We need to stop making excuses for them. Our God expects all people, including our own kids, to show honour to their mum and dad, even if mum and dad were mediocre parents. It's because it's actually a commandment. And so in our story, this hardworking single dad, he didn't, you don't read anywhere in the story, he didn't beat up on himself at all. He didn't blame himself for his wayward son, and neither should you. Amen? Amen. Then our scripture continues. It says, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young son became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. So this younger son launched into his new life with excitement and expectation. And he successfully wasted all the hard-earned money that his father had given to him. What a success he was. And he did it through wild living. All the values for life that his father had taught him went out of the window as soon as he left his dad. He wanted to be free from the boundaries and the rules that he had to live under at home. My goodness, I remember when I was 18, I became an adult, but I was still living with my parents until I was 20. And even then, up to the age of 20, my parents still had rules on me. How dare they? I was 18. But my father used to say, why are you living in this house, son? You'll be home by midnight. I don't care how old you are. If you're living here, yeah. Anyway, there you go. I've been for counselling for that. Anyway. <laughs> this young son didn't realise that the boundaries and rules were there for his own good. Yeah. Absolutely. And this foolish young man ended up being a disgrace. And he eventually lost everything. And he discovered he had no real friends. His real friends were back at home. The ones who loved him were back at home. And he ended up feeding pigs. And if you're a person who's disrespectful and dishonouring to your caring parents, then God can't favour your life. Instead, you'll end up with the pigs. But thank God the scripture says this. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the... Even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Great verse. Our prayers for our wayward children should include the request to God that they come to their senses. 
Our prayer should be something like this. Lord, open the eyes of my daughter. Open the eyes of my son. Lord, send someone to speak to my son about Jesus because they're not listening to me. Send somebody else to speak to them about Jesus. Lord, bring to their remembrance the good times we had together. Lord, bring to their remembrance the good times they had in the house of the Lord. Lord, bring them to their senses. This should be our daily prayer. That young man had earlier said to his dad, give me my share of the inheritance. But now he was preparing to say to his dad, Dad, I have sinned against both heaven and you. Please take me on as a hired servant. In the King James Version, it says, make me a hired servant. King James Version says at the beginning, he said, give me, give me, give me. Now he's coming home. The King James Version says he's saying, make me, make me, make me. This young man had finally come to his senses. And the scripture continues. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Beautiful passage. And he says, while he was still a long way off, while he was a long way off, his father saw his son coming home. That's actually a loaded statement. The dad, listen, the dad saw his son coming home before he saw his son coming home. He saw his son coming home before he saw his son coming home. He saw him coming home with the eyes of his heart before he saw his son coming home with his natural eyes. And that's because the father expected his boy to one day come home. He was actively looking for him to come home. He was waiting for him. It was no surprise when he came home. And who knows how long the dad had to wait? A few months? A year? A couple of years? A few years? But he kept looking for his boy to come home. Now his son had hurt him real bad. His son had humiliated him. But the father didn't care about any of that. He just wanted his boy home. And when he saw his son, his heart was filled with compassion. And he ran towards him and kissed him. And I want to encourage you that no matter how far away your adult son or daughter may be, and no matter what they've said to you or done to you, and no matter what kind of life they're leading right now, whoever they're sleeping with, whatever, God can still bring them home again. It's not over till the fat lady sings. Whoever the fat lady is, amen. And when they come home, Welcome them back. Don't be an idiot and lecture them. Don't kick them down. Don't chastise them. Don't, Don't do that. Make it easy for them to come back home and be reconciled to you once again. Scriptures continue. But his father said to his ser- the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. See, he's not chastising him. He says, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. 
The youngest son was restored to full relationship with his dad. It, 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 was, a, it was a miracle. And God, listen, God cares about your family too. I know your family might be crazy and scrambled egged, but you know, like a scrambled egg, but he cares about your family. He cares about your kids. He cares, listen, he cares about your kids. Even that kid with a smart mouth, he cares about your kids. He cares about your families, even though families are mixed up these days and very complicated. God still does miracles in our families. And he does them in our flawed, crazy families because God is faithful and he's merciful to us. Then his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness in the lives of our children and our families. Amen. And so I conclude by saying this, it's time for us who are parents, it's time for us to rise up in faith and holy defiance. Get some fight about us. We're going to have some holy defiance towards the influence of this lousy world and the influence of the, the devil, devil's lies upon our adult children. We've got to rise up in defiance of those things. It's time to shake off discouragement and despair and start praying with faith and expectation for our sons and our daughters to come to their senses. And parents, develop the discipline of using the eyes of your heart to see your son or daughter coming home. When you're praying, see them coming home. Imagine them coming home. See them phoning you, texting you, coming back home and saying, I want to be right with you. See them while they're a long way off. Develop that discipline. On behalf of our families, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's time to get our fight back. It's time for the prodigals to come home and show honour to their dads and their mums. Honour your father, honour your mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving to you.